0: His name's Zacchaeus. And those, those that grew up in Sunday school grew up with old Zac. Remember him? The wee little man? We can learn some things from Zacchaeus's life. Old Zac's been an encouragement to me. I'd like to tell you his story. Just briefly tell you his story this morning to see if we can learn something that will encourage us and be able to give us some more insight in how we can feel comfortable in doing what we're going out to do. You'll find the story in Luke 19 and and... For sake of time and because of what we're trying to do, the purpose of of what I'm going to be sharing this morning is not the the total exegesis of the passage, but what we're going to do is try to lift some things out of here that are are going to be a real refreshment and encouragement to us. The story says that, that Jesus entered and he passed through Jericho and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. We've got to know that in the story, Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector, which means old Zac had people that were underneath him. In fact, in our culture today, Zacchaeus would definitely be a white-collar worker. Zacchaeus would definitely be a six-figure income dude. Zacchaeus was one that basically, as far as the world was concerned, Zacchaeus was pretty well off. He had a bunch of people underneath him. In fact, Zacchaeus's income was determined in part by how, much, by how much motivation he could give to the people who were underneath him, biblical scholars say, the more he put pressure on them to gouge the people, the more kickback old Zac got. So Zacchaeus was really sitting pretty well financially. It's significant that the Bible says that he was the chief tax collector and that he was rich. Folks, what is the implication to that when we find out that someone is rich? What's the implication? I don't have any needs. I don't have any needs. And if I do have a need, I just simply pull out the checkbook and cut a check. (laughs) I mean, you think about it, isn't that right? If someone has adequate resources, then then here's the implication. If I have got a need, I just simply pull out the checkbook and cut a check. And it's just all taken care of. There's a a sense of self-sufficiency When someone is rich, there's kind of the sense that I don't need you, I don't need you, I don't need you, I don't need you, and surely I don't need you. You got that? When I have a need, I simply take care of it myself. And you know what? In the physical world, that is so true. That's true. But when it comes to the spiritual life, There are still things, let's remember, there are still things that money cannot buy. I have always been impressed with Zacchaeus, chief tax collector, big bank account. But he sensed something that day in the story when Jesus came through his town. He sensed that there was a need in his life because verse 3 says he sought to see who Jesus was. And you and I both know that we are going to be encountering people of this stature. Some of us will be encountering people of this stature. You and I both know that we're going to be encountering people, many of whom, most of whom are not seeking Jesus. Zacchaeus sought Jesus. That leads me to one of the things that I can be able to share with us and challenge us with, and that is this. Let's pray for and look for the people whom God the Holy Spirit has already set up and prepared for us. You know, God the Holy Spirit's already out there. You you know that. I mean, He is already there. You know, the people that you are going to meet just at the exact intersection and the places that you go to camp and the people that are going to the churches and the folks that are going to be doing the construction projects and all of the things that are going to happen. Do you realize that every one of those encounters are divine appointments? God has sovereignly set it up. He has. So when we encounter people and we're thinking to to yourself, you're probably think, oh, baby, this could be it. You'll feel your hands and you'll think, this is it. Just know this, He has set it up. Let's look for and pursue and pray that God would cause us to collide with the people that He has already been pursuing. That's what God the Holy Spirit does best, folks. He dogs people. He goes after them. When Almighty God is after someone, remember this, when God is after someone, no place you can go to ever get away from him. So in a way, we're just kind of going out to say, Lord, would you just show me the people you've already been after? I mean, you could even pray this. Hey, God, like give me the easy ones. Uh, Give me the ones like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus sought to see who Jesus was. You know, that tells me something interesting. It tells me that Almighty God had to put something in his heart because Wealthy people that have plenty of resource and someone that would have this kind of stature in his community There was no reason for him to go to the parade that day Remember Jesus was passing through and the people just packed the sides of the street. I don't know 15 20 35 people deep Zacchaeus runs down there. He gets on his tippy-toes. You know, he's trying to see over the folks. He can't see him gets the entrepreneurial idea I'm gonna just kind of outsmart these folks. I'm gonna run ahead of the parade I'm going to jump up in a sycamore tree, get all set. When Jesus passes by, I'm going to be able to see Him. I've heard all about Him, but I'm going to get to see Him for myself. He investigated to see who Jesus was. By the way, that gives me another little principle here that I think I find in people's life. See if you don't agree. Many, 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 many people. In fact, I think I would say most people that I encounter... Most people that I encounter and when I share Jesus Christ with them, they say, uh, 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 that man, that stuff, that's not for me. I'm not the religious type or that's not for me. I'm just just not into that. That's just not for me. That's just not for me. Well, what do you think about Christ? No, I don't. That's just not for me. Here's what I, here's what I learned from Zacchaeus. I like to look at people right in the eye and say this. Yeah, that's interesting. Those opinions that you have about Christ. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Those opinions that you have about Jesus Christ, are those yours, or did you inherit them from someone else? Think about it. Most people reject Jesus Christ simply because of the opinions of someone else. Zacchaeus, he was a, he was a. a, a Like a city leader. I mean, everybody knew about Zacchaeus. He was involved with the community. You don't think Zacchaeus had heard the stories that had been passed around about Jesus? Sure, he had. But there was something inside of him that says, there is a need in my life that I can't, that money can't buy. Uh, When Jesus comes through town, I'm going to go investigate him for myself. That's what changed Zacchaeus' life. But folks, the people that we're going to be talking to in the next number of days, most of them claim that they reject Jesus Christ and we ought to ask them a hard question. It's okay. I tell people sometimes, listen, if you want to reject Jesus Christ, that's your prerogative. I mean, you're the one that will stand and give an account before God. You deal with Him yourself. I mean, if that's your choice, then that's okay. But here's what I love to challenge people. But don't just say no to Christ because you've inherited somebody else's opinion. Investigate Him for yourself. If Jesus Christ is valid, and He is, you better investigate Him. I mean, think about it. Nobody walks into a place in the real estate market, nobody walks into a place and says, oh, this home looks nice, I'll buy it. Nobody walks into a car lot and says, oh, that's a pretty color, I'll take it. Well, some people might. Think about it. You're not here at Master's College because you thought, oh, there's a college in Santa Clarita, I I think I'll go there. Every major decision in our lives, we, we normally investigate. it. I mean, it, it's like it, it's like what I just found out this week. It's like what, when the guys are looking for the date for a date. I mean, they grab the Facebook, man, and people start throwing names out. They're grabbing the Facebook, going through. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, investigate. Now think about it. Think this through with me. Isn't that true? Every major decision in our entire lives, if it's anything of any significance and if it's important, we always investigate it, don't we? But when it comes to Christ, people reject Him without even investigating Him. I want to suggest to us that people do that because they are inheriting opinions about Christ from other people. And if they're going to do that, then that's their choice. I just think it's kind of good for us to get right up in their face real close and say, you know what? Those opinions that you have about Christ, are they yours or did you inherit them? You know what, folks? Those are the kind of questions, by the way, that God the Holy Spirit brings back to people when they're like laying their head on their pillow and all the lights are out. God the Holy Spirit brings those kind of questions. I mean, wakes them up in the middle of the night and says stuff like this. Yeah. How about it? How about it? Then, you know, you try to roll... "Ah." That's a horrible thought. You try to roll over and go to sleep. You can't get away from me. Man, I love it. Isn't that good? Hey, by the way, before we go, we're on the winning team anyway. I mean, no matter what hap- we're going to have a great time. But no matter what happens, we, we, win. we win anyway, right? <laughs> we're in a win-win situation. So uh, we just need to remember that. Anyway, so that's how it goes. And so Zacchaeus, he runs ahead and he-, he climbs up in the tree. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he saw him and he said to him. Here's what it says. Zacchaeus make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house now listen now, that, that's what it says here in my Bible but you and I both know that in Jesus's own language he probably said something like this he's walking down the he's walking down the path and everybody's looking at him and the way I have it pictured in my mind is is the parade is going down there's only one entry in the parade it's Jesus that day and and the crowd's all lined up along the street and as Jesus passed by, I think the crowd, some of them, like in the movie Rocky, remember that old Rocky, he running down the road and, every, and the kids kind of fall in behind him? I, in my mind, I kind of picture it like that. And so there's this massive group of people moving down the street, falling in behind Jesus, you know, those, those who wanted to be with him and, and just follow him. And then here's Zacchaeus, he's up in the tree and Jesus comes right to the place. No one else had been in the tree. That's my suggestion to you. No one else had had that idea. And as Jesus comes to the place where Zacchaeus was, he stops, he looks up and he says, Yo, Zac, hey, why don't you come on down here? Let's hang out together. In fact, I'd like to spend some time with you, Zac. Let's just kind of hang out together. Why don't you come on down? Zacchaeus then, the Bible says, so Zacchaeus made haste and he came down. Basically what he was saying, Zacchaeus basically, he got with it and he came down. Now I think something interesting, this is just for us, but I think it's interesting is Zacchaeus... For some reason, he came down. The Bible said he received him joyfully. And there's another principle there. But Zacchaeus, by the way, was coming down the tree. Got down a couple of limbs. Don't don't you think two thoughts had to go through Zacchaeus' mind? Number one, don't you think he thought? I wonder how that brother knew my name. And, and don't you think he went down a couple more limbs? And don't you think he thought this? If he knew my name, I wonder what else he knows about me. I wonder what else he knows about me. When we're ministering during these next several days, we won't know a whole lot about them. But he knows everything there is to know about them. He knows everything there is to know about them. It is so interesting to me that somebody that is so self-sufficient, a chief tax collector, someone who the Bible says is rich, they don't have any physical needs. If they do, you simply pull out the checkbook, cut a check. But Zacchaeus, when Jesus came by, said, Zac, come on down. I'd like to spend some time with you. Do you know that Zacchaeus could have said, like some of your Zacchaeuses are going to say, Zacchaeus could have said, No, I'm not coming down. Some of you are going to encounter that. It's okay. Keep moving. Because the people that we're going after are the people whom God the Holy Spirit has already been preparing we're going after the people that Almighty God is going to allow us to collide with. Uh, the people that He's already been giving them a, a sense in their hearts and their spirit. They don't know what it is, but they're thinking there has got to be more to life than this. There's got to be some kind of answers. You're going to collide with them and kind of interact and get a conversation going and, and tell them what you do and where you're from and however God the Holy Spirit's going to give you to do it. And then you can basically say, you know, I don't want to be boastful or anything, but... I know what you're sensing in your heart right now, and I know what the answer is. It's Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus sensed that. He came down. He received the Lord joyfully. I think that is, I think that is incredible. He not only didn't have to come down out of the tree, but he didn't have to receive him joyfully. He didn't have to receive him joyfully, did he? He didn't have to come down. He was self-sufficient. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. You want to know another implication to that? I don't take orders from anybody. I give orders. I don't take orders. I give orders. So, Jesus, you'd be very careful who you tell him to come down out of this tree. If you would have had that attitude and if I would have been Jesus, it would have been an instant. I would have started buzzing off the, the branches. You know what I mean? Just dropping, Or cause like one of those little whirlwind things. I would have just... wow Cause one of those little whirlwind... Can you imagine? Picking him up and spinning him around. Okay, I'll come, I'll come. <laughs> He not only didn't have to come down, but he didn't have to receive him joyfully. Jesus could have said, Zacchaeus, come on down. Okay, he's coming down. He's thinking, how do you know my name? He's thinking, what else do he know about me? Zacchaeus hits the sand. He could have gone. Okay, Jesus, come on. But he didn't. The Bible says he received him joyfully. You know what that tells me about Zacchaeus? That tells me something very interesting about old Zac. Zacchaeus was not the kind of person who was rejecting Jesus because of the opinions of other people. Zacchaeus was one who said basically this. Okay, you claim to be God's son. I'm hearing all kinds of stories about you. I'm hearing that you make the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. I'm hearing all these stories about you. So I'll tell you what, Let's, let's hang out together. You give me the invitation to do that. Let's hang out together. I'm going to check you out for myself. Zacchaeus, here's what I'm trying to say. Zacchaeus was intellectually open before he was emotionally closed. If you encounter college people, university people, any kind of, any kind of person that thinks, would you just challenge them with that thought? If you begin to share Christ or share what your school is doing or what your team is doing, if they begin to, no, 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 and just kind of cut you off, would you just kind of rush right in and say, hey, listen, that's okay. I'm not here to cram anything down your throat. It's okay. But can I just ask you a question? The opinions that you have about Jesus Christ, are they yours or did you inherit them? And by the way, while you're thinking about that, Would you consider yourself to be intellectually open or are you just emotionally closed to Jesus Christ? That gets to thinking people, doesn't it? Let's make sure that we challenge people, say, hey, are you intellectually open before you're emotionally closed to Christ? You're intellectually open to every other decision in your life. You think through every other decision in your life. You investigate every other major decision in your life. You investigate it. You intellectually think it through. But when it comes to Christ, what are you? You moving from here? Let's think it through. Men, that's a real good one for us. That's a real good one. Anyway, it goes on. It says, uh, so he made haste. He came down. When Jesus saw it, they, uh, all the people complained, saying, saying, now in, in, you know, in the Bible it says, he's gone to be a guest of a sinner. But you know what the mob and what the crowd was saying, don't you? Here's what they were saying. He's got to be a guest with the with the sinners. Yeah, nobody liked the nobody liked the tax collectors because they were the ones that gouged everybody. I think it is so interesting out of everyone there, out of everyone there, if there would have been a poll taken, and if and if Jesus would have said, I'm going to spend time with someone today, who would you like me to spend time with? Everybody would have probably gotten a vote except Zacchaeus. But then there's another biblical principle. Everyone is someone to Jesus. Everyone is someone to Jesus. You may encounter some people in the next few days that you'll look at and you'll think, even if they did say yes, they wouldn't make a very good Christian. Look at them. Just remember that everybody is somebody to Jesus. By the way, when he says that he's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner, we're all sinners. Aren't we? You want to know the difference? Some of us admit it. And some of us don't. All we're looking for is the people who would admit it. I'm a sinner. That's who we're looking for. In verse 5, I'm going to finish with this. Because this is important. This is conclusion time. Did you notice in verse 5 when Jesus came to the place. He looked up. He said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'd like to hang out with you today. Did you know that that was Jesus' invitation? You're going to be giving invitations to people. That was Jesus' invitation. You know, folks, many times in evangelism, what I find... Many times in evangelism, what I find, we feel like I am so uncomfortable with evangelism. And basically, the reason why I'm uncomfortable is is because I don't like buttonholing anybody. I don't want to tell people like this... You're going to hell and you need to receive Christ. Do you want to? No. I'm going to tell you again. You're going to hell and you need to receive Christ. Do you want to? No. Oh, Okay, okay, I will. Do you find that when Jesus... Get, I mean, do you see this like I do? Here's Jesus. He's walking down the little dusty path. All of a sudden he looks up. I'm picturing it. He looks up he says, Zach, what's happening, brother? Listen, why don't you come on down? We'll spend some time together. He gave an invitation right there to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus came down joyfully because God the Holy Spirit, I believe, God the Holy Spirit had already prepared him. And here's what I see. When Jesus gave his invitation, it was not by coaxing. It was not by scaring. It was a simple, simple invitation. It's very simple. When you go out in these days, don't feel like you've got to grab someone like this. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is be able to share your heart. Just share your heart. Remember, a changed life convinces people of Jesus' power. And by the way, he is still in the business of doing this. He knows that God God always uses changed people to change people. You don't have to grab anybody in the next few days like this. You just give them a very simple invitation. Now, if I would have been Jesus and if I would have said, Zach, come on down, if Zach would have said no... I, I would have maybe folded my arms and said, I could, I could cause a, a strong wind to come and blow your tail right out of that tree, Zacchaeus. I could have done that. I could have said, Zacchaeus, with my finger, I'd fry you so quick, Zacchaeus. He, he could have tried to scare. Now, Zacchaeus, are you gonna come down or you, or you want me to go after your mother? You know what I mean? Zacchaeus, are you gonna come down or you, but Jesus didn't do any of that. In evangelism, sometimes we think we've got to sell Jesus or we think we've got to, you know, grab people and you must make a decision. No, they don't. No, they don't. We just simply share. Simple, simple invitation. No coaxing, no scaring. Just simple invitation. This is what Christ has done for me. And if He's done this for me, He can do it for you, guaranteed. Do you want it? Simple invitation. By the way, we can close the story by saying when we share our faith with people, if you put your trust in Christ, I guarantee there'll be a change in your life. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says that when Zacchaeus put his trust in Christ and salvation came to his whole house, he reached for his checkbook automatically The thing that previously he had held on to the most dearly. And he said, Lord, I'm going to give it all back. Plus four times what I've taken. You know what that says to me? That when Jesus Christ comes into a man or a woman, there is a change guaranteed. Guaranteed. Quality sells in America today. We can look people in the eye and with confidence we can say, you put your trust in Jesus Christ and I guarantee he'll change you. You can use yourself as an example, how he's changed you. And then you can say, in fact, I've got a friend named Zach. That if you were to talk to him today, he would also tell you, Jesus changes lives. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Father, this book is so wonderful. It's amazing how it talks to us. Written so long ago with with such a relevant message for us today. We thank you for it. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for God the Father who planned and purposed it all. For the Lord Jesus who paid for and provided it for us. And for the Holy Spirit that walks with us each step of the way. He is the one who you gave the promise and said, I will always be with you. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Thank you for that. Here's how I'd like us to close. Just with every head bowed and eye closed, would you do something? Would you turn to the person next to you?